104107. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. As I said, today is International Nurses Day and the theme is Nurses, a voice to lead a vision for future health care. Balisha Balala is a midwife. And I thought, let's talk to midwives as well. You know, we, we hardly ever give the spotlight to midwives. So we, we decided to invite one today. She's 26 and, and has been in the industry for, for a while. But my goodness, this year has brought um, some some really interesting challenges to Mbali and what she does. Mbali, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. Hello, Simela. How are you? We're absolutely delighted to have you. How are you today? Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's really wonderful to talk to somebody um, with the work that you do, like yourself, yes. where, where you didn't have to say to us, no, I'm in theater now. No, I can't do it now. Yes, of course. <laughs> because but these things happen. Term, because but, these things happen. Yeah. So, so Mbali, t- tell me about your journey. How long have you been a midwife for? Have we lost Mbali? I think our line, our line has dropped there somewhat, uh, but we'll try and connect back to her. We'll also be speaking to other nurses as well. Um, as they celebrate, as I said, International Nurses Day, there actually is an event happening today. And uh, we'll be speaking to Danosa, who are hosting that massive event. And I'm told that the Minister of Health, uh, Dr. Zulim Kiza, will also be there. And they're lamenting, you know, on many other issues as well, as they reflect on the year that has been and and whether we have looked after them enough. Um, and we were actually just behind the scenes also speaking to Mbali and their experiences. And, you know, I can tell you now there is a thread that I'm seeing, the lack of appreciation. It's not only the thank you. It is, it's in many, way, many, many ways. Uh, there is talk of just being underpaid, and that seems to be a common thread throughout. And, and some of them are not going to say who they are, but there really is this, um, if we value them so much, why don't we recognize them? through their salaries as as well as other things. But there is talk of that. They talk about access to PPEs, for instance, and many of those conditions where they work themselves under a lot of pressure, where we don't look after them as healthcare workers. So we've got Mbali back on the line. Mbali, are you back? Yes, I am. <laughs> lovely, lovely to have you. Yes. Let, talk to me about your journey, Mbali. Okay, so I was working at a rural hospital uh, last year. And um, I was exposed to a lot of clients who had COVID. Mm. But, of course, um, by hard work and everyone just being so dedicated, we were lucky and fortunate not to have any deaths from moms Mm -hmm. and babies as well due to COVID. I just think, I, I actually think that's the most underrated story. That is the most remarkable story. I've been watching this over the year and that there has not been a single death. Um, of a mother and a child, um, you know, obviously in a hospital throughout this COVID period. That for me is a miracle. Yes, it it hasn't been easy, but the amount of work that my seniors had been putting in, that Mm. I myself had also been putting in, Mm. you know, we do anything for the clients. And I was so grateful to work with people that are passionate. Mm. And this year as well, I've moved um, closer to the city. Yes. And I'm in a birthing center now. And I'm having such a great experience because now I actually can involve the, the partners now. Because what COVID had actually done is that it had separated the family where the woman is coming in by herself. She is laboring all by herself. She has no support person but the health practitioner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's no support better than your partners at yeah. the end of the day. And that's what you need. Mbali, talk to me. I always, uh, I, I thought a lot about those who, who, who gave birth and yeah. perhaps had to leave the baby behind, you know, whether the child had to be incubated or whatever, or the child was uh, premature. That experience, um, what, what kind of contact did the families have with the baby that was left behind during um, the peak of COVID? Unfortunately, only the mom could go in. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's very difficult to involve too many family members because mm. other families have grandmothers and they have aunts and uncles, and you can't involve those people as much as they're very important family members. Mm. You, we could only involve one family member, and that would only be the mother. Mm. But at that time, she also needs support. She needs her partner there. She needs us, but there's not enough of us. Mm. There was just. It 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 got quite hectic for the the client but um were were you able to do antenatal classes like you would have ordinarily done them or that also was a bit tricky during COVID's Um, peak yeah so unfortunately because the the consultation times were actually just reduced Mm. and we couldn't spend more time with the client but um what we then just had seen was that we have to create uh, antenatal classes where moms and fathers can also ask questions where we can inform them because even in the time of the consultation all you can do is make sure that she's medically healthy mm-hmm. but you, you 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 tend to not have time to in, to engage with the client so what then i do is that i do um antenatal classes with yes. couples it has nothing to do with your, your the medical health yes but rather your psychological health where we speak about the physiological changes of pregnancy, your diet, fitness, a birth plan as well, because you still do need a birth plan within COVID. You know, I'm making a realistic birth plan in a hospital setting. And if you're lucky enough to have a home birth or a midwife-led birth, that we can also plan around that as well. well and it's also, yes, sorry. Well, were you <laughs> conducting a lot of, of home births during this time? Oh, so right now I'm actually working at a birthing center. Yes. So I am conducting a lot of, uh, births where it's midwife led. Yes. We do have obstetricians and gynecologists in sure. backup in the event sure. that yeah. the, pre- the, the yeah. labor is not normal, but it's yeah. all low risk moms and gracefully so we can actually involve the partner. So they are present in the scans, mm. they're present in the doctor's visits, they're present at each and every single visit, which helps the woman become more confident and empowered in herself that by the time she labors, that she has a a trusting team to be with her, yeah. you know, and we're all involved in are all saying the same thing that is evidence-based practice, mm-hmm. you know, m- ensuring that she stays within that low risk. You know, Mbali, your work is so personal, you know, there's a lot of touch, there's a lot of connectivity, you know, and, and I can only imagine, I remember there were classes where people would teach you how to, how the baby to latch. So that's, that's a lot of contact. That's very close contact. How has that changed with, with COVID restrictions? Um, so we still still maintain safety, of course. You know, we're still wearing our gloves, our masks are on. Um, so it, it, the, 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 the touch mm. effects of it is still quite medical. Mm. But, of course, we then just be more emotionally involved, you know. We don't have to just touch the client. You can just easily ask her if she's okay, if she's fine, helping her breathe. You know, even with the latching, we'd have the antenatal classes beforehand, you know, so just to prepare her. When in the event when baby is born, the baby I'm is it's not the same. 
You know, it a class same. and the reality is very yes, different. Yes, of course, of course. It definitely isn't the same. No, no, no. Don't take that honestly. The reality <laughs> and, and the class yes. beforehand is very different. Yes. But if you have the information, and I will... And of course, if you have the information, it makes things slightly better. You know? Because, you know, they say the one thing, then the baby does something completely different. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, in, in that saying that, it's also not taking the time. Yeah. So if, if, if we are realistic about how we are preparing, yeah. when it's time now, to, for example, as you're saying, with breastfeeding, mm-hmm. realistically, so of course, if you're a first-time mom, you don't know how to breastfeed. You can read as many books yes. as once. The baby will not lack. The, the point is the baby has a personality of their own. They That's... really do. And the personality develops in utero. Yes. It develops inside the womb. So if you have a picky child, they will be, they'll, they'll be like that. The baby just doesn't like your milk. They like and other people's milk. You know, so just trying to make it, also as you're saying, you know, we're laughing about this, making it an enjoyable experience, yeah. you know, because it's not, not that it's not as serious as it's meant to be, but pregnancy is such a normal physiological bodily mm. process, you know, mm. and try not to medicalize it so much. Mm. And, you know, the great, I know COVID has been so horrible, but it also has come up with good, good aspects of it, you know. So more parents are, are being involved in midwife-led care. And yeah. when you have midwife-led care, it's more individualized. It's one-on-one. Yeah. And I spend time with my clients. Yes, we have our consultation times. But um, I do have a number in which they can call and just ask questions that we couldn't actually engage in in the consultation time. But then after hours, we can speak about how the baby's doing, how she's doing, how daddy's doing as well. Because we seem to forget the fathers. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. We'll talk about that some more, Mbali. Let's just take a quick break and I'll be back with more. Mbali Shabalala is a midwife as we check in on nurses today on this International Nurses Day. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. All right, we celebrate uh, International Nurses Day, and I said we're going to be speaking to various people uh, celebrating International Nurses Day today. So, um, Denosa Simon Lungwane is, he's also the president there, Denosa. He's on the line with us, They're actually hosting a, 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 a sitting this afternoon. So, we just quickly whisked him out of that. So, Simon, thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela, and thank you for having us. <laughs> Oh, your line is not great, Simon. I'm going to try and ask you to to oh, shift around oh, a little bit. Okay, no? Not quite, not quite. Let's try one more time, Simon. How's it now, Simon? All right. So Simon's line is not great. We're going to try and sort it out and um and and come back to him in a short while when we can. Um, Bali still is with us. She is a midwife, as I said, and uh, we were just having a conversation around her journey during this time. She's. 26-year-old midwife. She said she was in a rural area before. So at some point, um, she moved closer to, to to the city, and she's loving her experience at the moment. So, Mbali, let me ask you this. Um, at a moment, are you concerned? And I wonder about that because... You know, when when you're a, a mother of a newborn baby, sometimes we get extremely paranoid. Mm-hmm. With COVID being around and us being anyway paranoid around cleansiness and so on, are you concerned about the health, the, the baby's health uh, and immune system developing slowly because they're not exposed to germs as they would have probably otherwise been? Um. 
in terms of a baby's immunity, babies shouldn't be out and about in the beginning um, months of their life anyway. The parents in themselves would be exposing the baby through skin to skin. And that's also called kangaroo mother yes. care, yeah. where you can put the baby on your skin and they actually are exposed to your natural microbes and, and, and um, I can't say pathogens, but you are, they, they actually expose to those pathogens. Mm-hmm. And also you're breathing around them. Um, but you do need to try to keep clean during those times. Later on in life, in the early stages of infancy, they will then start to be exposed to people and also there's vaccinations. So yeah. vaccines can also help protect the baby. Uh, Mbali, what, what, do you pro- what do you ask mothers to do? Do you ask them to keep their, their masks on when they come and do the baby visits, especially when they're doing kangaroo? What's your protocol? Okay, so um, during our antenatal visit, yeah. they do have a mask on mm-hmm. so that they also protect it from, the, from COVID. Yes. Also, at, we have appointment times, so we don't actually mix clients at all. They don't wait in a queue um, because that also just decreases the chance of them being exposed to the, to the virus. So, so, so when when the baby comes and spends that time with the child, that let's say it's a kangaroo time, yes. are, are they asked to put a mask on? Um, so, I, what happens is that I'm, I'm at a I'm at a birthing center, mm-hmm. so moms are with us up mm-hmm. to six hours if everything's well. Mm-hmm. They don't have a mask on because mm-hmm. they are the mother of the child. Sure, that's what everyone I was else has their mask on. Okay. All right. Yes. I, I, I mean, I ask that because it's quite important even for the the baby for recognition, for the baby of to course, start understanding course, and knowing yes, who their parent is. They can be up to 20 centimeters already. Yeah. Um, so they need to be able to recognize mom. Yes. Um, but of course, if mom does have signs of uh, signs and symptoms of COVID, she would then have to wear her mask. Yeah. At that point, to, and, to protect her baby. Yeah, and unfortunately, sometimes not even come in. Um, yeah. What is your feeling right now? You know, we've been through, I suppose, what what could some call could call the the worst of of it. Um, yeah. Is what's the the atmosphere like, even at work with colleagues and stuff? Ha, have you had your shot, by the way? Um, no, I haven't yet had my shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm still still Are waiting for that. Yes. You know. When I was still also in the hospital setting, yeah. there was still hope. Um, yeah. The nurses, we, we've not that that COVID didn't have a huge impact, but there there have been other diseases such as HIV. Mm-hmm. There has been TB. So there's been there have been heavy pandemic not pandemics but heavy uh, diseases that have, have affected our people. Mm. Um, but we've been able to just come back from that. You know, yeah. every day is a new day. We try again and we keep trying and keep working. Even at the facility that I'm at right now, you know, we still are trying to keep to the protocols. Even when you're affected by COVID personally, mm-hmm. you know, we try not to let that cloud our professional judgment and work. Did you get COVID, um, Bali? No, I didn't. But two of my Thank colleagues goodness. that I was in a team with did. And unfortunately, I did lose um, a colleague. Sure. And what was that like? Well, how did it affect the team? We had to keep going. Yeah. It, it hurt. It really hurt. Sure. You know, um, and in our profession, we unfortunately, we see the beginning of life mm. and the end of life. Mm. And mm. it's very sad. Even when a patient mm. leaves us, it, it's not easy. But the way that you we've know, been trained, we, we just find a way to go through it. And we pray. There's no way you can do this job without praying. You know, you know? somebody was saying earlier that they, they wonder if you get desensitized after seeing so much death. Do, do you get desensitized or, or you still um, feel the loss? 
I, I can tell you that I do have colleagues that are desensitized. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I used to struggle in the beginning because I would cry, mm. I would weep. Mm. And my parents would even ask me, do you actually want to do this profession? And mm. in my heart, I really wanted to be there. Mm. You know, I want to be here. And you find coping mechanisms, you know. So as, as you saw, I, I've studied psychiatry as well. So you have to find coping mechanisms of seeing how you can deal with it and trying not to let it cloud for the next client who is already ready for you. You know, so if you if you have chosen really want to be a nurse or any medical practitioner, you know, it's more about the passion that will keep you going versus just being there for the job. Baliza Midwife, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be back and also be back with Donosa as well in a short while. It is the 1.30. Let me go to the very latest in headlines with Luyanda Maume. Bali's still on, on the line with us, by the way. Bali Shabalala, the midwife that we started our conversation with um, earlier on. Bali, how's your mental health? Um, <laughs> coping, but not coping. Yeah. Um, I'm actually quite stable. Um, as I said, I have moved to the birthing center and it's quite a healthy environment. Uh, where I have very close communication with with my boss, and she's very involved in our mental health, always asking how we are, and we can speak to her about anything. So it, it does help that we have a debriefing session after every birth, and we speak about it, um, our challenges, and what we felt that we did better, like a SWOT analysis, our mm-hmm. strengths, our weaknesses, mm-hmm. opportunities, and possible threats and changes that we should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a healthier environment. How can we make your lives better? Those who consult with you, those who come and see you, those who interact with you? Um, you know, I'm at a place right now where I can still do better for clients, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of nurses that are in a hospital setting, as the president of the nurse was saying, you know, just trying to find better ways of resourcing the hospitals, you know. Um, every help sounds every nurse sounds amazing that you have a platform where you can speak to other nurses, you know, because other nurses are still able to get information readily, you know, being able to provide that type of information to all nurses, that we're all saying the same thing, because I know a lot of people don't, aren't too fond of nurses because of attitude and all that stuff, but if we're all not able to be on the same page and creating better nurses, making them also in a better working environment, then I think life would be a little bit better for the nurses. Yeah. Um, you said you, you offer some antenatal classes. Is this through where, where you work or is this personal? Um... This is personal. Mm-hmm. So clients can contact me at any time. Mm-hmm. Best, uh, of course, after the after working hours because people do have lives. Um, I do have a number that they can contact me on. It's 81 823-7384 and then I can get more information about the consultation time, the topics in which we will speak about and we, got, we look into the first, the second and the third trimester as well as postnatal care up to six weeks mm-hmm. where we can, um, you can ask questions and I have educational topics that are evidence-based that we can speak of. I'm going to take your calls on 011-714-2006 as well as WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. I'll be back with more after. So this particular feature, thank you so much, by the way, to Mbali Shabalala, who's a midwife who we've been speaking to throughout this uh, first hour. And uh, she was just giving us some really wonderful insights in her experience as a nurse. And the number again, I'll give it to you. It's 08, um, 081-823-7384, 081-823-7384. This is for private entity natal classes if you need.